0: Welcome to the Heads and Bed Show, where we teach you how to get more properties, earn more revenue per property, and increase your occupancy. I'm your co-host, Conrad. And I'm your co-host, Paul. All right, how's it going there, Paul?
1: Fantastic. Summer continues to dwindle away. It's, uh, it's just, it's almost done. No. <laughs> so we've got a your vacation coming up here in a couple weeks, and that's going to lead us right into school. So I don't, I, I literally, we've, I think we've talked about it every week when we recorded, but I don't know where this summer has gone. I miss it. I... I'm scared that the <laughs> that if they're all going to go this fast moving forward, I don't know. I, I just have some, pro, I have some problems with this. This whole everything getting older, getting fast and everything like that. But how's your week going, Conrad?
0: yeah it was going good i think i i shared the before we hit record somehow i like injured my back a little bit now i can't move my arm a certain way we were just it's your birthday Get today over. actually i think the listeners you know they're going to listen to this and it's not going to be your birthday gonna, of course right. but go ahead and email paul go to his linkedin wall whatever that's click right. the link in the description go send paul <laughs> a happy belated birthday message because as we record it's his birthday we're both getting older which my grandma would say who i saw a few weeks ago that's foreshadowing here for the topic of the episode if you're not getting older you're dead so if you're getting older it's a good
1: thing. that's the right way to look at it i think that'll <laughs> work <laughs> awesome. still- yeah you
0: know what else is getting older Google's getting older and booking.com is getting older as a company and they're changing things along the way do you want to do a quick marketing minute and then we'll dive into today's topic
1: i will so <clears throat> booking.com one of those big spenders in in the whole hospitality space yeah they've been around a little bit got some products that open table i guess kayak and they do some things this they just announced in their most recent probably q3 earnings call their q2 rep- reporting numbers but mm-hmm. they talked about how much they spent in q2 1.8 billion so that's one of those things where i think on the quote from the call is it's a big number it's a large amount and the after saying that it's a talk of why the business is really ramping up on efficiency it is i think Anytime you're looking at the billions of dollars in, in, in ad spend of any kind, we've all seen the booking.com commercials, booking. Yeah, and all that stuff. And we've had discussions about booking. Sense. Yeah, no, I don't know. But it is. There, there's obviously when you're averaging about $2 billion in ad spend or marketing spend every quarter, you can get your name out there in a, in a pretty effective way. Is it efficient? as efficient as they want it to be? No, but I do. I, I think it's. <clears throat> important to understand just how much some of those big players out there in the market. I think Airbnb is probably got to be pretty close to that in a lot of cases. HomeAway at one time, I think they were right up under the Expedia window on the under the Expedia umbrella or spending about that much as well. So I, I it just goes to say you got to pay to play sometimes in this space so maybe you're not paying 1.8 billion or so but keeping in perspective how much some of those big players are playing so that was notable i thought this week also google went through and gave us a nice little guide on how to create better responsive search ads for those who have listened before responsive search ads are certainly my ad of choice as opposed to dynamic letting google write ads just based on a URL is very scary to me. So it is. It's uh, the responsive search ads are, I think there's certainly value for them when we find them on the dynamic side, but responsive search ads, it is. You're giving Google the ingredients to make the cake and not making them make it from stra- scratch. There is my comparisons. Yeah, I think it's really talking about how to write ads more effectively, giving uh, how to write the most effective ads, how to add the most assets to the most effective ads, really giving you all the characteristics of how Google's terming and defining really what are the key parameters to watch out for, whether it's ad strength, different tools within the system as Google builds more AI into the process. I think that's certainly going to be something to keep an eye on with some of these self-serve guides is what is Google building in because they're going to roll it across accounts for us who manage multiple accounts pretty slowly. We'll see it in a few here and then we'll have to catch up in some other accounts. so, When they're releasing a big guide like this that's something that i like to take notice of and make sure that as some of those changes that they're releasing quote unquote uh, are coming out we can identify them track them into specific accounts that we want to see and make sure that we're rolling any of those features into the strategy moving forward so yeah, it's maybe not as news breaking stuff, but it's stuff that I think is always important to talk about when it's in the minute there.
0: Yeah, no, I think that we always want to be like using all the best practices when it comes to advertising. And sometimes we find little things that we then have to go roll out to a lot of accounts. But I think that process is often a good one to go through. So yeah, we'll put both links to those articles that you found one marketing week one search engine land in the show notes. so People can check that out. So we had an interesting idea for today's episode and it was what is the guest point of view? of what it's like to book a vacation rental when you're someone who works in the vacation rental industry, but you and I are not on the delivery side of like delivering right. the guest experience, the properties, mm-hmm. getting the properties ready or cleaning or anything like that. So I thought we would do a little dive into it. So a few weeks back, I went and saw family. So this wasn't really a leisure trip. It was more of a family visiting trip. My grandfather was in the hospital. Luckily, he's out of the hospital now, but that was the reason for the trip. And it was interesting because we had to book a vacation rental in Western Massachusetts, which is not an easy place to find a vacation <laughs> rental, at least where he happens to be based. Not exactly a hotbed. This is not Destin, Florida, if you will, of <laughs> options. So we ended up finding a vacation rental. And I thought today I'd go through a few things that I saw that I thought were interesting from like the guest side. And it was also very interesting to hear the perspective of my wife was there. My mom was there. My cousin was there with her husband. She's married now. They have a little, uh, little kid as well. So a varied group of people that were in this property, none of which know pretty much anything about the short-term rental, (laughs) vacation rental industry, except myself. And I decided to hush my mouth a little bit as people ask questions and just see what they were saying and what it was like to actually book this property. So I thought we'd go through it. Happy to hear your perspective, Paul, as we go along and maybe have some things to add in and we can see people get some value from this. All right. So I'm going to do like pros and cons and make alternate them a little bit, the good, the bad. we'll try to end on a high note here from the host. So the pros, number one. So I ended up booking direct. I'm putting direct in air quotes here. And we saved a $200. I say direct because the owner of the property did choose to use Evolve. So Evolve is exactly. actually where we booked the property on the Evolve website. However, my wife found it originally on Airbnb. So we already sidestepped Airbnb a little bit in that way. Sure. Nothing that Evolve did on the listing, by the way, led would have led anyone to find, let's say this property directly, other than the fact that we put in this very tiny town on the Evolve website and we were able to find it. So our total savings of this Airbnb to Evolve sidestep was about $200, not a significant amount of money, but some, one that I wasn't gonna just throw don't away for no reason not. and give Airbnb the service fee or that extra fee for no reason. Um, so that was the first little thing that I thought was interesting, which is that even though I don't know, we don't have any clients in this area or anything like that, didn't know the host hadn't booked with them before. I was, I felt trustworthy enough on my side, at least, to book with Evolve, knowing that they're a large, trustworthy company, Mm -hmm. and we decided to go that route. I also got to see what the guest experience was like when you book, quote-unquote, direct through Evolve, because you do book through Evolve. That's who takes your credit card payment and Mm -hmm. things like that. My understanding is they take 10% as their fee, and then the rest is passed to the owner. And then what they do is they send you an email pretty much right away, and they say, okay, yep, you booked. Your reservation is confirmed. That's all well and good, but here is your local contact. And the local contact is basically actually the owner of the property in some cases okay. in this case it seemed like they had like a housekeeper slash local property manager although we did learn later in this day that she also did live in the area too okay so maybe it was just we learned what her job was i don't want to say that out loud if she wouldn't <laughs> want that to be known but she invited us to actually go experience her, her job and oh there was an issue and she was like come to this thing that i do it's kid friendly and you guys will have a good time yeah. i won't be too specific there but so we learned what she does and i assume that she's busy doing that career roles. Maybe she has this other person helping her kind of boots on the grind type person gets the property. Number one, wasn't ready at the agreed check-in time. So I think we agreed to check in at three o'clock. We came up a little bit past that. And I try to give someone a little bit of extra time. I think it was 325. We rolled up and she wasn't done cleaning the property yet. Yeah, I get it, right? Like the person has to clean a property, the turnover takes time This cabins out in the middle of nowhere, to be honest with you. So part of me is like, all right, we're already off on the wrong foot, but I'm willing to kind of let it slide. My wife was not as enthusiastic about letting it slide. So already some early like empathy on my side for how tough I know that role is and how hard it is to find good people who will come out in the middle of nowhere and clean a property by themselves. Pretty big property too, by the way. And her perspective, which is that we're paid a lot of money f- for this night it's three o'clock you don't even let us in till the afternoon it's already 3 30 and it's not ready and she was a little miffed about that honestly hard to blame her because actually right. where she's coming from there so it's finally in i think it's 3 45 let's say 350 by the time we get in then she actually calls us later on is oh i made like a mistake and i like forgot to put something on a certain bed so like we still had to finish like her turnover even though she didn't let us in till almost an hour Ooh. later so we got <laughs> off on a little bit of the a bad foot there in that respect of getting in the property getting everything all settled i will say this once we got in there it appeared to be pretty clean overall pretty solid kids were happy we found their right. rooms that they were going to be sleeping in and everything was relatively okay after that initial hiccup i, I think there's a way to to communicate about these types of things happening even 35 seconds of her coming out of the house and being like hey i know you guys are here i know the check-in time is here i just got to finish up a few more things to make sure this house is ready for you if you guys want to hang out in the front yard or even hang on the back deck that's perfectly fine i've already cleaned there and i'll be done in just a few minutes and then i'm happy to have you guys come in the property so i think just her not communicating was a negative thing when that does happen happen. I think there's a level, again, a level of communication that helps smooth that over. That was just my perspective on if that happens and you are a professional manager, like what's the protocol for your cleaner to be like, mm-hmm. ah, the guest is here and oh, I should man. have been ready. <laughs> if it's too early, you can easily make the excuse of, hey, we it does take us a little bit of time to turn this property over. We'll be ready till three o'clock. If I showed up at two o'clock, that would have been a very valid, I think, criticism. Mm-hmm. But I showed up after the checkout time and it wasn't ready. I think the cleaner or property manager or whatever housekeeping professional should have some kind of script to read off over some kind of like message that they could have to make things a little bit better. So we get in and that was a chore and a task to unload everything. And then once we're there, I think the good news, it was very easy to understand how to get there. Um, Location direction, all the information that the property manager slash local contact gave us was accurate and we were able to get there. No issue. So I think that was a a positive. There was no air conditioning in the cabin, which they mentioned, but uh, man, it was hot. And that was one thing (laughs) early on. It's if you know, that's what your property has. One little line after you book was no, way seen the property totally valid but also not necessarily the best feeling to be 84 degrees inside of a a cabin when you get back to it and it's four o'clock something about the way it was situated and like the sun hitting hitting this big glass kind of type wall was tough so that was definitely a little bit more of a challenging situation once we got in the property, honestly, my wife said the same thing. Look, there were some little hiccups, but we got great value for money. And that's one thing that I felt as we were walking in that property. And then my mom was going to be there and my cousin and her husband and her her little girl and all that stuff. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, if we went and booked a hotel room, we would have each paid, let's say $250 per night. It would have summed up to be $1,000 or something between taxes mm-hmm. and fees and all that kind of stuff. Here we are paying maybe 20, 30% more than what a single hotel room would have cost us. And we got us this whole property with a kitchen and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Despite the hiccups, when when I got in there, and we closed the door and everything was calm. I thought there's a reason why this product that we market, that we talk about all the time is so popular, which is that it's just a vastly superior experience for people like myself with three kids and a whole family coming right. in and sharing a space. It just makes a lot of sense. I felt that way and I was reminded of that in a very tangible way as we finished our first night there and we're sweating under the, the bed because there's no air conditioning. Sweating under the stars. <laughs> yeah, sweating under the stars a little bit. That could be the name of my my first album when I dropped that. There no, I know. kid. But yeah, so a few other things. I'll clean up some other notes here that I'd love to hear your perspective on this or hear your point of view yeah. on like when you get into a rental and how you behave. Easy. It was very easy to see that this was an owner converting a personal property into a short-term rental. And it's always easy to see that because all their stuff was in there. And I don't mean like, they didn't leave like clothes behind too much. There wasn't no. anything like that there. No like personal photos. It wasn't that type of stuff. But like all their pots and pans were just like, like beat to hell, he <laughs> like just like dents and scratches and things like that, and nothing matched. Like none of the glasses matched any of the yeah. pots and pans, and that didn't match anything. It was just like a hodgepodge of almost like flea market finds of just like what we were actually eating and drinking and cooking with. And I was just like, mm. like I know lots of property managers that we work with who, mm-hmm. when they're stocking a property, first of all, they would take everything out. If anything <laughs> was in there, it's gone. And then when they go get that property ready to actually come onto their rental program, they're buying all the right things to make sh- to put into that property. Hey, we're gonna have a matching set of pots and pans, matching set of glasses. Matches, matching set of dishes, all those little things. And that was definitely not the case here. It was like all scratched and you could tell it was probably had been there since they owned the property. And I think they yeah. owned it since 2006 or 2007 or something like that. So that was always just kind of the little thing. And I pointed that out to my mom, actually, when we were cooking one night And she found what she was looking for. But I'm like, I was just like, that's amateur hour right there. Like not putting all <laughs> the right accessories into the property that you're actually going to use. In this case, it was like all the dishes and pots and pans and things like that. So that was one little observation I had. Another one, the bed in every room rental conversion was successful from an occupancy standpoint. Everybody had their own room and they could sleep in their own bed. That was great. <laughs> but like clearly what was once an office with no door yeah. was now a bedroom. <laughs> a loft that was like had no door whatsoever, no privacy whatsoever was also a bedroom. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, you just took every room and you put a bed in it. And that was another interesting wrinkle to see in action. And then just realizing my cousin just wants to get dressed in privacy. Who could blame her? <laughs> and she's like going into the bathroom to get dressed because like her room is not really a room. Like it's just right. kind of this other loft. Off that they turned into a room and tucked like a twin size bed or something like that in the corner. So that was interesting. And then they also took the downstairs was a garage and then they finished it like half of it and put it and turned that into a bedroom. Mm. So it was like a two bedroom cabin that somehow became like a four and a half, five bedroom cabin <laughs> through their clever use of uh, occupancy boosting sure. tactics, which yep. I was on board with because it helped my family a lot. So I'm appreciative of it. But also right. you could tell there's people online who I follow who do purpose built vacation rentals. Yep. That was not, this was not purpose built <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. And yeah, it was interesting there my last note here and then i'll turn it over to you because i think this is the longest monologue it had and bad show history hey um, it's
1: all good <laughs>
0: is exterior cameras i always used to say oh yeah just close that you have an exterior camera no big deal and i will say this a camera pointing at the driveway didn't bother me at all hey they want to know when we're arriving when we're leaving i get it that's fine there was a lot of exterior cameras though in areas that we were at there was one mm. in the back deck there was one in the front door and stuff like that and I, feel, I I i don't know if i can define it exactly i just feel a little weird about the fact that and she may not have listened to a single file that's plausible. But I just felt a little weird about the fact that we're in this common area, we're discussing kind of the situation that we're in of family member being sick and us coming together and going to see him. And I just I didn't know if I liked the fact that was just being broadcast back out through this simply safe security camera that was attached to this exterior wall, and we were all sitting underneath it. I don't know, I, I can't define that perfectly. But that was kind of my last parting thought was just the fact that every move that we were making outside the property was being recorded, just had me feel like, A little queasy almost, or just a little awkward. I'm just like, I get it. You don't want to have people like throwing a party or causing property damage. I totally see the reason for the camera, but I don't know if I like the camera, to be honest with you, from a guest perspective. I just thought that there were some downsides there. Or if you are trying to monitor parties, do you need audio recording? Like, or could you maybe have a video only option? So you're just seeing video and not audio. I don't know. But yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. That was a hodgepodge of good (laughs) things and bad things. Overall, I'm happy we stayed there. I'm glad it was there. I would stay there again for sure if it was an opportunity given to us and we had to go back up and see my family there again. But I also think. We'd look and see if we could find something better. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't this, as Airbnb would have a, it wasn't a five-star experience, that's for sure. sure. There were some flaws and there were some issues along the way. And it was interesting to experience from the guest side. So I don't know, your perspective or your thoughts and what's it like when you book vacation rentals from your side?
1: Yeah, no, I think there is a reason, just hitting on your last point there, there's a reason why HomeAway and anybody who's going anti-Airbnb, they do, they really hit on that, they try to hit on those TV commercial messaging of they're staying with you or they're staying right there. There's that lurking host that's always present in all those commercials. And I think that it is whether there was a lurking host there physically or those exterior cameras, there's something to be said for that. I would agree. That's just reading your notes. I was just like, yeah, that's something that I don't feel comfortable about. And then when you actually explained it, it's yeah, I, I think we've all in this world, we've all seen the ring doorbell, terrible things that happen or be things getting hacked and stuff like that. But that would always be my concern there as well. So I think just off the bat, that's that first thing of that's what people are selling against with Airbnb right now. So there's something to be said that, that to reduce the creepy factor as much as you can. Maybe that that's one of those bullet points as you're trying to self-manage and do stuff like that. It is that the, that late check-in. That is also something that that just struck me there that I can remember doing, not, not vacation rentals even, but just hotels where we walked in right when the housekeeping team is just wrapping up and it's just, what am I supposed to do? I, but I did, I thought about maybe some of the local managers that we work with thinking about how they put that priority on the maintenance and, and house care and housekeeping and all that. And I wonder if having the more fully built out professional manager, management company is able to respond to that better, more effectively. I would think so than evolve having a community manager and then maybe an individual or a house team or a housekeeping team or something like that. But I guess that is, is that something where do you think if it had been a professional and if there had been a professional manager in that area, might be the other question there, that would have been something that would have been resolved or would have been more easily resolved? I guess that's where those resources, thinking about it, is an evolve issue? Is it just a short-term rental issue in general? What, where would you say was the breakdown there?
0: I think the breakdown was simply in communication. I think just that I'm the kind of person who is fine with, if you're not going to be done in time and you know the guest is going to arrive... I think it's then your responsibility to say, okay, yeah. how am I going to handle it once this does happen? And right. then I think, like I said, a 35 second conversation would have put it in much better footing. And I think most people are reasonable and I think I'm reasonable and I think everyone in the in that situation would be most right. re- mostly reasonable, but hey, I want to make sure it's ready for you. I want to make sure it's fully optimized, clean, whatever word you want to use for your stay. And we're just mm-hmm. not quite there yet. But we'll be there very soon. I think the labor issue might have been the real one, which is that <laughs> cleaning a four bedroom cabin. Oh that's what, t- almost 3000 square feet by yourself. Oh. You got to be a beast to be <laughs> able to clean that in a two, three hour window and keep it right. really clean. Sure. If you just do a cursory clean and who knows, maybe the guest before us was horribly dirty. Yeah. Obviously we don't know because we stepped in and it looked pretty good our, from our perspective. So that's kind of what I lean towards there is that Brooke Brooks said this to me recently on a recording that he and I did. I think it's from Rob, which is that in the absence of Im- information, people assume the worst. So when you're just sitting out there not getting the property, yeah. is this going to take forever? When am I actually going to get in here? You start to assume things that are not really true. Right. And 35 seconds of, hey guys, welcome. You guys are going to have a great time here. Here's what's going on. I'll be done in roughly 25 more minutes. Hang out here while we wait, if you don't mind. And I'll grab, come and grab you guys when we're you're fully ready to go. I think that would have solved it, professional manager or not. I think that it's understanding that person who was just in the car for a very long time, what their perspective might be. And then how do you actually make them so that they can know what's going on, have a quick context, and then they can go into the next thing. That's my perspective.
1: Yeah. 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 I I would agree. That's certainly something it's for me when I've booked vacation rentals, it has primarily been for like single use, not with my family. I've traveled (laughs) a lot since we've had the family around, but that's been something where for me, it's, Cheap is good. I'm usually looking for the cheapest option possible. I think the last time we actually booked a vacation rental was going out to the Ryder Cup in Sheboygan, where mm. I got to tell you, probably pretty similar to Western Massachusetts, where there's not a lot of a lot of rentals around there. A couple of resorts, but I think where we actually stayed was about an hour away from Sheboygan. But mm. we stayed there for 49 bucks a night in a shared <laughs> house with someone else. So it, I think that is... That's important as well, just understanding what that experience you're going to have is and kind of setting yourself up for that. If there's something to be said for your pain, you're getting what you pay for. I think that certainly the functionality of a vacation rental, for those who don't want just the four walls and a bed and something like that of a hotel, I think it's fantastic, there's just a clear, better value there for. The space you're getting the sometimes the amenities you're getting that are not too far away you may, maybe may not, maybe not having a on-site pool i think that would be the main draw of a hotel there but typically it is you're going to have more more there that's <clears throat> i don't know again and the more you can i think you maybe you can select where you're going more it is you're not just plopped in a hotels just feel like they're in a city center or something like that no you can be maybe you need to be closer to the outskirts of the city, or you can be, you can really customize your stay more with those vacation rentals as well. I think, and then going back to the other personal property of the short-term rental, you, when I look at, go to Vermont, I see a Sojo or a host GPO. I'm like, well, why, why is that such a big deal? You nailed it right there. It is. It's that uniformity of that experience. That would be more of a standardized hotel experience of I have all my pots and pans and all my dishes and everything like that. And it is, I, I've listened to, I think, Jeff at HostGPO talk enough now. I'm just like, man, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> that you would want that you're trying to give the hotel experience without doing that. And I Maybe, maybe that's a, I think so often because hospitality kind of revolved around hotels for so long, you're trying to give someone a hotel experience, but you're not really giving someone a hotel experience. You're giving someone a hospitality experience. But for some reason, I think we default maybe with, with a bias there back to, oh, I'm going to give them a hotel experience or a resort experience. No, you're going to give them a vacation rental experience, but you're going to customize that to whatever they're looking for There's so, I don't know. There's I, I love this breakdown. <laughs> I love that it's one of those big national players, and it's fun to peek behind the curtain there and see – what they do better what they maybe have some limitations with and understanding trying to get a better understanding of why people choose an evolve or a vacasa instead of a local property manager and maybe what goes into that i think it'd be interesting to do some of these bookings do some of these and then follow up with them three to six months later and say hey so i work in the industry just wanted to ask you a few questions <laughs> and then see what your thought process is here on why you manage the way you do why i'm sure you could just ask anybody from evolve or try to reach out to some of those hosts to see if they'd be interested. But that just seems like a another opportunity to have that touch point. We I it's always interesting to listen to the calls from people who do currently have their properties managed by Bacasa or Evolve when they're calling into mm-hmm. prospective new property managers in the Venturi system. And kind of it, but it's very, I would say superficial in how they're describing the areas of opportunity or what they don't like, what they do. So I think it would be interesting to come back from someone who's booked with them from that perspective and say, you know, how'd you get into the space? And, and as a kind of just a vacation rental nerd, I'd say it's one of those things that how'd you get into the space and why evolve and have you tried something different and why do you do the housekeeping this way or why, you know, XYZ? I would love to get more of an understanding now after you had stayed with someone because I think... You can fill in some more of the dots on the guest side of
0: things. That would be interesting. I'm not opposed to reaching back out to this person. Like I said, we may stay there again. The last thing, maybe on my side, that is interesting because it's the last part of the stay. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever got a review request. And I wonder if it was something that was like manually flagged as not to ask for a review request. We had like an issue with a the shower. There was like little things sure. during the stay that we, you know, in a friendly way. I were like, hey, like just so you're aware. We let them know about certain property issues. We also saw a mouse the last day. So that was also something we let them know about. <laughs> and I wonder if they hit some button in the back end that was like, don't ask them for a review because they might potentially leave a negative one. I actually asked my wife on the way back about that. What would we do? I said if they asked for a review zero to five stars, what would you leave? And I think she, she sat there and she thought about it for a minute. And I could tell she was waffling between three and four. She said, I was going to say five yep. and she wasn't going to yep. say two. It wasn't, right. it wasn't like a disaster or one or anything like that. And she was like, I think she ended up saying, I think I would do a three, honestly, because of some of the issues we had the late, it wasn't like one thing. It was like four or five things over four or five days. It wasn't like we were there for that long. That kind of all piled up uh, into a little bit of a better thing. And I looked at the property and gone, okay, we paid whatever 300 odd a night for the property. And I look at it and go, I guarantee you, this could be a five hundred to a thousand dollar per night place with all these things fixed. With a better, with I saw the potential in it, but it was right. like they were just they weren't really doing all that could be capitalized on it. Yeah, understanding to your point, the last piece there, understanding the motivation of the host is such an interesting piece of the puzzle here because. The reason that this stay can be so appealing for a lot of people is all the benefits that it offers, but yeah, what does that person on the other side want out of it? Do they want something relatively stress-free? Hey, I'm going to, I can live, leave, right. I can live with some three or four star reviews. I'm not trying to make some unbelievably high-end boutique hospitality experience, especially in a market like this, where there's not a lot of other <laughs> options. They may say <laughs> like, good enough is good enough. And I can empathize with that line of thinking, even if I don't perfectly agree with it. Cause I look, man, you could make so much more if you put so much more effort into it. They may say what a lot of people have said, Mike Carrington has talked about this publicly in the past, where he said that, that. The origin of our, of this industry in the leisure market is not let's make money and let's get rich off it. It's, I want to have a second home at the beach, cover my costs while I'm not there. And I'll tell you when I'm going to come and you block out those weeks and make sure that a renter is not there when I'm there. That's the origin of this leisure market, at least at a beach market, which is Mm -hmm. where Mike has most of his experience. And uh, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And this is a situation, like I said, if we lived in the house, I'm assuming they bought a different house or had to move Mm -hmm. to the other part of town for this Mm -hmm. new job or something. And they said, may as well rent it versus just having it set empty. And there's probably some logic in that type of thinking so yeah understanding the motivation back to your point from the venturi side what can we learn from this right. what yeah what are they after maybe they're perfectly happy with evolve and their 10 percent cut for what right. they do and they may find the idea of technology or marketing or these things very overwhelming and stressful mm-hmm. and hard they may find in this case have found a really hard time of finding that local boots on the ground property manager yeah so they may have said hey 10 percent for evolve plus kind of rolling my own solution with a handyman handy person a housekeeping professional and doing it that way paying them per job or per hour or something is probably the right mix in many markets that you and I focus on obviously that's not usually an issue it's not that there's a lack of <laughs> professional property managers right but in this case it was yeah always good to see like what people's motivations are maybe that's something an idea for a future episode is like yeah. interviewing someone and kind of understanding their mindset more so than the mechanics of what the property that they're putting out into the marketplace yeah Agreed. Anything else you want to put in there? Is this our this is our experimental guest review episode of Teaser yeah. Rental? And I think we put a I, think this, is bow this, right yeah, I think this is Bowerty awesome.
1: right now. Yeah, this <laughs> is Bowerly right
0: now. Awesome. This was a different idea. We'll be back next week. We'll bring Dud or Stud back next week. We'll just yes. have to pick our topics. So stay tuned. We're not gonna tell you. I think that's called a teaser in the business. Mm-hmm. So that's a teaser. You come back next week, you listen, then you'll know what the topic is because it'll be in the subject line of the of the episode. No, no tricks there. What would really be awesome is if we ha- we shared our experience with you, you should share your experience, the listener, with us. So you go to your podcast app of choice. Now the difference is there's no there's nothing less than a five star in this orange. That's right. Five that's star. Sure. Yeah. You leave yeah, a review. It. <laughs> is it, call us Airbnb if you want to on that one. Yeah, leave five stars or we fail and we feel like we've let you down. So no, I yep. joke, but we appreciate if you listen this far as to leave a review. A different episode this week. We'll be back on the marketing grind a little bit more next week. And we thank you for listening. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time.